Hey guys! Hi everyone! Welcome back to Crimes of the Times. I'm Lauren. And I'm Haley. And today Lauren will be telling us about the Stanford Prison Experiment. Okay. Um, well, before we get into it, I um, just wanted to... So, before our... What episode was it? I don't know. But we were talking about how we recently moved. This is It was our first time recording in Utah. And it's been a few more weeks. And... I, I don't know why, I just was thinking about this when we were recording our last episode, so I just had to bring it up. Literally, we have run into so many crazy drivers here. Oh, yeah. Like, like literally insane, you guys have to know. Um, I... It's just, like, knife... So, I... Before we moved, I did not drive on the freeway. But being here, like, the first time I drove on the freeway, it was back from, like, we drove to the Salt Lake Airport. We were coming back. And I was driving past a car that was literally on fire. On fire. I've never seen that on the freeway. I've and everyone everyone was slowing down. And I'm, like, right next to this car that's on fire. And I'm, like, speed up, guys. If this car explodes, we're going to die. Like, go. And it was just crazy. And then yesterday, we were driving to it the library. No, there was, like, um at least four different four or five different instances of crazy drivers i know and it's like our neighborhood too these people you pull out of your your if you're listening to us and you live in our neighborhood um we're We're gonna fight we're gonna fight you like come on but like you pull out of your like your driveway and you're shifting gears and then someone pulls someone's right behind you this is an actual she's making it sound like it's a hypothetical no this This has happened twice this is legit this has happened so many times that like so you i literally have pulled all the way out so and my car is big there's not enough room like our narrow streets are kind of small because everyone parks on the street so there's not like a lot of room yeah so I'm pulled all the way out, and this car comes up behind me, and I'm literally shifting my like, gears. this car comes out of nowhere. Like, it wasn't there when she first started pulling out of the driveway. And, you know, call, like, driving etiquette, you wait for someone to pull out of their driveway. Yeah, no, I was, like, spot. I was out of my driveway, yeah. too. And this lady, she tries to go around me, and I'm like, no. She no, literally no. tries to squeeze by. I was like, no, I'm going. So then I go, and then right at the, like, so, like, a couple feet away is a stop sign. And everyone just kind of, they don't even pause it's at the like, stop sign. It's like in Clueless when Cher is like, like, I pause. Yeah, that's literally what everyone does. Yeah, they don't even pause, though, at it. And so, I'm a spicy person. I was annoyed at this lady. So and, a, and a law, like, a law-abiding I'm a, citizen. <laughs> I'm a law-abiding citizen, actually. So, I decided to make a complete stop, which is what you're supposed to do at a stop sign. So, I make a complete stop at the stop sign. And then I see another car coming, like, turning, and they don't have a stop sign, so they actually have the right-of-way. So now I'm, like, waiting, and the lady behind us honks her horn. And I'm like, dude, sorry that I'm following the law of the land. Like, I could not. And she was so annoyed with us, and I was just like, okay, well, I have another stop sign, girlfriend, and I'm about to pause up the stop sign too and i did it again this time she didn't honk but she was trying to pass you like on the road she's yeah really she's trying to pass me on the road and we have a literal roundabout like you cannot pass anyone on that i don't know <laughs> she's crazy but we were then we were like same day same day but there are like several different instances i'm i'm not gonna we're not gonna go into every single one but the next one that was crazy this one was literally crazy is, so we were driving down the road and it's this is like a big road like 
one way is there's like think, six lanes i think, I think. It's, yeah six lanes both like going both direct or there's like three, three going, going one direction three going the other so it's a really like wide street it's like really big so if you get on the other side you have to cross like four lanes basically yeah so this lady is on like in the intersect intersection right in front of us and she's gonna turn onto the road that we're on but like in the opposite direction she's turning left and she ends up driving on the wrong side of the road yeah she's like she's trying to like get over to her lanes but as she's doing this she's like driving up and so she's driving up on the wrong side of the road literally and i was like lauren's like oh my goodness and i was like trying to figure out what she's like reacting to and then i see this person driving on the right side of the road and i just start laughing because i'm like what is this it was crazy it was crazy so and the thing is is like okay if i did that on accident you know what happens to people if it's like a new place sometimes you're kind of confused she i would have been freaking out girlfriend was so calm i would have been (laughs) screaming my head out i've been like just <laughs> screaming people would not be able people would know that i was in a panic like even from outside of the car yeah so, so um me and lauren we as because this is crime through the times and people are committing crimes left and right on the road we have decided that we want to fight the there's so many yield lights here we want to oh, yes. fight the power like and be like change them to regular we are, lights we're ready to like sue this state of Utah. because people cut in front of you and try to run into your car my, and like i said my car is big people if they do that they're gonna not make it and i'm gonna be traumatized because i'm gonna accidentally kill someone because other people don't know how to drive all right, anyways, back to the Stanford prison experiment. Yeah. So, okay. So, the Stanford prison experiment, I, like, it's funny, because I usually tell stories that are, like, more recent. This one is older than the one Haley just recorded. Yeah. This one <laughs> happened in 1971. Um, so, in 1971, there's this ad that appeared in the Palo Alto Times Classified, and it was just... I. I have a screenshot of what it said, like, word for word. Okay, it says, Male college students needed for psychological study of prison life. $15 per day for one to two weeks, beginning August 14th. For further information and applications, come to room 248, Jordan Hall, Stanford University. And, um, so, like, $15 per day, that would be, like, $108... 2022 so it's $108 a day yeah that's pretty good money Mm -hmm. like mm, would I raise my hand maybe yeah as long as I'm a guard not a prisoner so it was only like the only requirements were that they were need to be male students of um Stanford and then they also um needed to pass they had this psychological evaluation that they needed to like pass and make sure that they were like healthy mentally and i mean also healthy physically but um so 75 um there were 75 applicants and these volunteers were chosen um after their like psychological stability assessments and they like narrowed it down to 24 um applicants and they ended up i i'm pretty sure they ended up having like so they split them up into like guards and prisoners because it's like 12 and 12 
this is a prison experiment. They, I think they ended up doing nine each, and then they had alternates. Oh, okay. Like, if someone wanted to drop out or something. Because if you have any idea about, like, these experiments, I mean, there are sketchy ones. This included. Yes. <laughs> but most of the time, like, if it's a good, like, well-run um, psychology experiment, it's going to be completely voluntary. You can choose to stop at any time. Um, and they're mostly, they're usually safe. They're safe. They, like, have good communication. This, um, we'll get into it, but this is, kind of does not check any of the marks at all. Um, so they are randomly, these, um, uh, students are randomly assigned guard or prisoner and this, like, whole thing, like I said, it was supposed to run for about two weeks. Like, it said one to two, but it was supposed to run for two weeks. And it was predominantly white and middle class. And so that was sort of, like, the background. It was kind of... I'm just gonna, like, so I kind of... Well, I mean, I know this case. I just want to say me and Lauren have literally been talking about, like, power and what power makes people do. Yeah, and, we've been talking about that a lot recently. Yeah, and how literally power, I mean, you could do so much good with power, but, like, people, they, like, go to their head, and does. they become, like, terrible, terrible people. And, oh, because we were watching the, literally, we're going to do a podcast episode about the House of Hammer. It literally. It was oh crazy, because they're all scary, and so... Yeah, get ready. I think that those will be our next ones. My next ones are gonna be more Halloween because it's gonna be Halloween okay. themed. So, but very soon. Yes. Um. Okay. So, the prisoners were like assured the ones that were assigned to be prisoners. They were assured that no physical violence were to, like to come to them, and the guards were told to make the prisoners feel powerless. Um, and then they had like, this orientation, um, the day before, this was supposed to start on the 15th, so it was on the 14th, it was, like, the setup, and they brought all the guards in, not the prisoners, they were not part of this, but the guards were, um, given, um, like, their uniforms, they were given wooden batons and mirrored sunglasses, and the mirrored sunglasses were to prevent eye contact, and it was sort of, like, just that le- another weird. Level, level of, like, I don't know, making them seem like they're not on the same level. I think that's weird because actual prison guards don't wear sunglasses. Yeah, well, it apparently I heard that it would, like, um, the guy that's running this, which I'll get into him later, but he... And I know things about him, um, so... But he, like, saw this in a movie and, like, oh wearing sunglasses. That's so and so stupid. he was like, I'm gonna do this. So, I don't, I don't know. That's so dumb. Um. I'm sorry, but if you're in a psychological experiment and they're like, I saw this in a movie. No. That's immediate no. Is it raining? It's like raining really hard right now. That's so exciting. It's like. I know. Well, and of course we're from California, so we're like, rain? It's so exciting. (laughs) I want to go out and like play in the rain. Um, anyway. So, during this whole orientation, the guards are given rules. They have a a few rules. One, no physical harm toward the prisoners. And two, you cannot withhold food or drink. Those are, like, the two rules. 
And then, Did they break the rules? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they break the rules. Yeah. Okay. Then the other one was... So, these were, like, sort of guidelines. Why didn't... Did um, they have anyone monitoring? Okay. Like, I'll talk about it. Okay. I'm just... This is the orientation, and then we'll get into more of this stuff. Because I, know, I like, know, but then I can't remember everything. Yeah. Cause. So, um... Philip Zimbardo, he's the one, he's like the psychology professor running this experiment. He, um, we'll get into him, but he told them, the the guards, that, um, he was like, you guys should disrespect the prisoners. Like, you don't need to harm them, but you should disrespect them, make them feel like submissive, helpless, and unheard, just lower than you. And then he also, like, gave them the advice to refer to them by their number, like, their prison number, rather than their name, just to, like, dehumanize them. Um, so, then... I mean, it's only easy to do that, because there's, like, nine prisoners. Yeah, there's not a lot. This is a really small... So, they build their whole mock prison in the basement of... Stanford? Stanford University. Um, it's like, I don't even know where it is. I'm pretty, it's like in one of the psychology, like, basements. I've, I've been to the football field at Stanford. Nice. I, I've been to Stanford in like, it's like in one of those, like, it's like they have a church thing or something, like a chapel. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I've been in there and I've been on like the campus. Oh, for like a conference? Yeah. Anyway. So, they, um, like, it did not feel like a basement. They made it, like, look like, I mean, not legit, but they made it look kind of like a prison. So, they had small mock cells that were six foot by nine feet, and it could hold, like, three prisoners-ish, and about, like, with their three cots, and then they had a small corridor and that was, like, their prison yard. It was just... It's all inside, though? Yeah. It's all really small. It's kind of like a hall. Almost. So they didn't get to go outside? No. So it's, like, solitary... No. It's, like, prisoners who are not allowed to go outside. Yeah. And Which then, is, like, really hard. And then they had... Do they have windows? Um, I think they did... They had lights, at least. Um, I... I'm not sure. No, they did not have windows because they also took down, like, they tape, if they had windows, they tape over them, and then they took down all the clocks so that you can't tell, like, what time it is and if it's day or night. I think prisoners are allowed to have watches. They were not allowed to have any watches. This is, like, sketchier than, like, actual prison. Yeah. And then... Then they had... I shouldn't say that because they're, like, our actual murderers in prison, but I mean, like... The, the, I feel like, okay, I can't say I know a lot about prison. Yeah. Because I don't, because I don't know, I only have known what, like, I've seen and just, like, what I've read about and stuff, but I feel like in, like, a good prison, you have, like, more, you have more stuff than what they're getting. We should take a field trip to a prison. That's kind of fun. I've done it. It's cool. I know. I haven't, and I kind of want to. Especially when we're doing this stuff. I know. Like, can we go? I don't know how we would get to do that. I guess only I don't, like my teacher set that set up our our. Well, we were supposed to go to a juvenile delinquent, uh, like juvenile detention center. I was like, 
I almost said delinquency center, which is, I don't think is right. But we were supposed to go to one of those, but we couldn't. No sad. I lived next to one before. Yeah, when you lived, didn't you live to like a mental hospital too? Yeah, both a juvie and a mental hospital. Like they were like right next door and we lived like across the mm-hmm. street from it pretty much. Yeah, because I think you talked about that in the fir- our very yeah, first episode. Yeah, and then I saw like an escaped mental hospital patient and then, and then like this guard like chasing up our street. It was literally so crazy. Anyway, there were no escapes in this, but um, they did have solitary confinement. Um, it was a closet with no lights and no windows. It was completely pitch black. It was kind of like, um, it was the choky. Like, it was literally just like a tiny little closet. Yeah, it was the choky. Uh, That's my, from Matilda. Yeah, my my parents used to the choky. They're gonna they used to threaten you that you're no, gonna get No, they never them. threatened us. They used to just joke around that there was there's this door on the outside of our old house that, um, I don't even know what was inside. I think it was like, oh. Like, I don't know, something maybe it had to do with like electrical or something like that. And they would always say, That's the chokey. And they would joke around that, like, the people that used to live here, even though that was literally my great grandparents. Like, I don't know. It was just funny. Anyway, but this closet was so small. Um, I saw somewhere that it was like two feet by two feet. Like, it was like you had to stand up in it, you could not sit down. And, um, then they also, the guards were to work in teams of three for eight hour shifts and they were not required to stay on site for the shift, which, I mean, they were on site, meaning like in the vicinity, in the basement, they were not, um, they had their own like guard rest areas and rooms, but they didn't have to stay watch over the prisoners. Oh, they could just chill in their rooms. Yeah. Even though it was their shift, which is kind of weird, but okay. This is the sketchiest experiment ever. Um. So, um, Philip Zimbardo, who is the psychology professor that is running it, he also assigned himself to be the prison superintendent, which um, he got. I mean, he got a lot of hate for this. But he rightfully rightfully so. But he also got a lot of hate, like specifically for assigning himself as a super, like the prison superintendent, because he was also running this experiment. Yeah, he he put himself in. Yeah, it it makes it like a bias. Like if you are running an experiment, you're pretty much just an observer. Yeah, because he's putting his bias in it, and it ruins the experiment. As soon as you like put a title on yourself, like you're now a. Like, it's almost like if you're playing chess, you're now one of the chess pieces. You can't... It doesn't work the same. No, he literally ruined his experiment because yeah. he put a bias in it. And it should have been an unbiased experiment. And then um, there was an undergrad research assistant named David Jaff. And he was uh, assigned to be the warden. So, on Sunday, August 15th, that was day one, um, they... The prisoners and the guards, like, went to this whole prison separately. Um, the guards showed up. They were not, um, I actually don't know. I didn't read anything about them being blindfolded, but the prisoners were blindfolded going down into there. They were arrested, 
by local, like, real Palo Alto police uh-huh. in their homes. Like, the police went to their legit homes and they arrested them for... See, that would be kind of fun until you actually get put in yeah. the... They were arrested for, um, what's it called? Like, burglary or armed robbery or just, like, different things like that. Yeah. Um, and they were actually not informed that they would be arrested at their homes or arrested in general's. In, in general, in uh-huh. general, because they wanted it to be like a complete surprise. That's kind of scary. I know. I would be terrified if some if the police just showed up at my house. I'm like, I. That's when I'd like start fighting because I'm like, dude, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, so they, they like you know lean lean him up on the cop car. They they search him and then they take him down to the police station, and they like get like do fingerprinting and they book him. You know. Yeah. And. And then they were, like, they read them their rights. They did mug shots. Um, and then they were taken, like, they were blindfolded while they were at the police station. And then they were taken to what they thought was Stanford County Jail. Um, but that's not what they were. Uh, where they were, they ended up just going down into the basement of Stanford University. And they were strip searched. Ew, what? And, no. And then they were put into new clothes and had like... Their... Who strip searched them? The guards? Because yes, that's very inappropriate. It's... Do you know what a strip... Do you know yes. what they do? It's so sketch. Yes. And um, they were given like their new like identification numbers and then their uniform was like it was like this smock. It was like a dress. They did not give them underwear. Ew. They, so they didn't wear any underwear. And then they were given like this nylon cap on their head. And it was pretty much because um, all the prisons. Who got lice? No. It was all the prisons like at that time they were shaving their heads. Oh, okay. When they were coming in and going into the prison. So that's just what they did. Just So people wouldn't get lice. Probably. Probably. Um, but they just did that, like, they just put the little nylon stockings over the head just so then they didn't actually have to shave their heads, which I'm like, why did you go through, I don't, I don't know. It's just weird that they didn't end up shaving their heads when they literally did, like, everything else. If you're gonna go all in, go all in. (laughs) Anyway, um... And then they like their smocks had their numbers on them, and then they were assigned their certain cells, and they had their cots, um, which they could sleep on. And it was pretty chill that first day. Like, I mean, most of it was just like the getting arrested and stuff. Yeah, and then getting used to this whole environment, and the guards and the prisoners like. I don't know. They probably were all, like, kind of, like, what do we do? This is, like, yeah. I don't I don't know the purpose. And so nothing really was going on. The next day, Monday, August 16th, um, the guards, you know, they're, they're referring to them by their, like, numbers, and they are keeping them in their cells. And during this, I mean, during this entire time, they kept... Mm, what's it called? Interrupting their sleep schedule. It's just, I don't know. To mess with their, so they don't get REM. Yeah. Well, so they would. Because this is 
literally a terrible, evil experiment. I know. Like, that is horrible. They're treating these people like So, at 2.30 a.m., the, um... I don't know what the prison system like was like, though, in the 70s. Well, I'll talk about some more, but literally all within days of this experiment, crazy stuff was happening. Um... I hope these people sued. <laughs> so, at 2.30 a.m., the prisoners rebelled against the guards, and... They, because, like, the guards kept waking them up, like, in the middle of the night, um, several times, and they'd make them clean, or just wake up and, like, I don't know, do random stuff just so they wouldn't get to sleep, and then they'd be like, okay, now you have to go back to bed. You know? Like, what's the point? Just to mess with them. Just to show them that they are in power. I feel like, in prison, they'd let them sleep because they want to have, like, control of, like, your... Of the people you're over or whatever. And people who are not, like, people who have not had enough sleep. You You literally go crazy. Like, like, people have, like, psychosis because they're not getting sleep. Like, hallucinations and stuff. And how is that going to help your, like, how is that going to help keep all the prisoners, like, calm, like, without rioting? Like, no. I hope these people riot. (laughs) That's what I do. Well, I'd be like, okay, you want to fight? And I'd fight back. So, the prisoners were kind of, like, already by day two, they were mad. They did not want to leave their cells and go into the, the like, prison yard. They wanted, they, they like, ripped off their tags, um, their numbers, and then, like, took off their stocking caps. And they're just like, I don't want to, I don't know. They're just sort of pretty much... They're done. They're like, we're... We're not letting you control us. Yeah. Um, and so then the guards were like, this is not okay. We're still in control. So they grabbed fire extinguishers and they're spraying these fire extinguishers at the prison prisoners. And then three backup guards were called in to help regain control. And the guards removed all the prisoners' clothes, removed the mattresses, and... They were like, and they took the um, the main instigators, and they were like, "You're going into the hole, which is solitary confinement." And um, so, pretty much, like, I don't know. It's now. So now they're all naked. Yeah, and they don't have beds. Heck no. And now it's like literal war. Like it's they're they're like this is not cool, and it's day two. This is yeah, the end of day I'm two. like, okay, we're about to make shivs and, like, actually shiv someone. So, on day three, they're still, like, in this whole war. They, um, they have, like, a good cell of, like, they have their beds, they have, like, they have, I don't know, these are the good, the good prisoners, and then they have the rest of the prisoners, they are, um... The rebels. Having their food denied and stuff like that. And so they, after, um, after 12 hours, then the, the ones that were like the good prisoners, they returned back to the, their regular cells that had no beds. So, but they pretty much, I don't know, this was just constant fighting and, out of literally no reason. I mean, it was all instigated by Philip Zimbardo, but... 
crazy. Um, they also had the prisoners do push-ups, and they restricted access to the bathrooms. Originally, they had bathrooms down the hall that they had needed to be escorted. Like, they had, were blindfolded yeah. and escorted down the hall. And then the guards would, like, monitor them going to the bathroom. So then they couldn't figure out how to leave, which is disturbing to me. Yeah. But they just didn't I'd be like, these guards about to get peed on. Yeah. Um, but then they forced them, um, they, like, took away their access to the legit bathrooms, and they forced them to relieve themselves in a bucket in their cells. And then at some point, they refused to let them, like, empty their buckets. That's when you throw your bucket on the guards. Yeah, literally so disgusting. Which is what I would do. I mean, they're not even prisoners. This is an experiment. I would like, literally be so spiteful and be like, Psh. Then I'd probably get, like, murdered. you get murdered. But whatever, worth it. That would be worth it. I'm telling you, Lauren, that would be worth it. So, there's a prisoner. Prisoner 8612. Um, he um, was named Douglas Corpy. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Um, but he, after 36 hours of this experiment, he was so done. He decided, like, he had this mental breakdown and he's like I'm burning up inside I can't stand another night I can't take it anymore and so they decide they're like oh my goodness we're not doing this like we're not keeping him in here when he's having yeah. a mental breakdown we're letting him go and they it says so in they had a 2017 interview with um Douglas or prisoner 8612 and he was like, yeah, that breakdown was fake. Like, I just wanted to leave. And he completely faked the whole thing. He was, like, screaming, crying. King. Like, That's what I did. That's what I do. He said that he did it so then he can return to studying for his graduate record exam. And he thought that he could study while he was in prison. Like, he thought that it was sort of just, I don't know. Yeah, he thought and it was going to be... Like, it was going to be as legit and, like, scary as it was. Well, I mean, I, I think even prisoners get books, so... Yeah, but he def he thought he would be able to study, and he wasn't able to, so he was like, I'm not I'm not going to miss out. Like, I'm not going to ruin my... Yeah, I'm not going to fail my test because of this. Yeah. No. So he faked his um, mental breakdown, and then he left. Um... Because, well, so, also he, um, he said that in the 2017 interview, he said that he regrets not filing a false imprisonment charge at the time. So, he never filed anything and he, like, really regrets it because it, I mean, honestly, there's not a whole ton of information, like, I mean, there, I mean, there is, but people have sort of kept quiet after they left that whole experiment and like just I'm just imagining the mental toll that that like takes on a person like ugh. if it's like for two days or one day or however many like that can just having people degrade you and like literally strip you naked and take away your beds like that's crazy so that was day three day four um Wednesday August 18th um they Again, the guards divided them good and bad, or good and rebellious, and um, 
they started to like I don't know the inmates started to turn on each other because they're like rule followers that were like I don't want to be yeah I don't know it's sort of like when you get punished like for something someone else does like the whole group gets punished that's yeah. sort of what was happening and so they're like we don't want to do this so they're getting mad at each other um and then prisoner 819 began showing symptoms of distress he was like freaking out and a priest was brought in to speak to him and but he was like no i don't i don't want to talk to you a priest i want to talk to a medical doctor and um phillips and bardo he came in he reassured him like like he was like you like he reassured Boo. him of his actual identity and he removed him as a prisoner but then while he was leaving the um like everyone was like saying how he's a bad prisoner and so then he was like oh i don't want to leave anymore i i like he was getting pressured yeah going back, so he, can't, he stayed no stupid peer pressure um thursday august 19th which is day five um which i can't wait to post all these pictures because i don't know they like it just literally looks so 70s like it's and it's very interesting Anyway, so this day was, like, family and friends visitation day, and they made the visitors, well, they, I'll say, um, Zimbardo made the, um, made the visitors wait, like, a really long time to see the, the, their loved ones who are the prisoners, and only two visitors could see one prisoner, like, at a time, or... Yeah. One prisoner was only allowed two visitors. Yeah. yeah. And they were only allowed ten minutes while a guard watched. And the parents were like, this is not okay. They saw red flags immediately, and they were really scared for everyone's, like, like health and well-being, and, like, if they were even eating. And so a lot of parents like left and they were like we're calling some lawyers like this yeah they should this is sketch and they wanted to gain early release of their children um and then on the same day um a man named gordon h bauer he came he's one of zimbardo's colleagues and he was checking on the experiment and he sort of was like also sketched out and he is like asking like where it where and what is the independent variable of the research like yeah what's going on here and um he was just sort of like confused by this whole thing like it didn't make sense to him because phil zimbardo ruined it by being a part well yeah also he ruined it because this is crazy but he also ruined it by being a part of it so um but then another woman um christina maslach Matslach? Maybe Maslach. I don't know. It's C-H. I don't know. Me anyway. spelling it out did not make it any easier. Um, she visited, she was, um, like, the girlfriend of Philip Zimbardo, and they're soon to be married. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're, they're married right now. 
I'm pretty sure, but, um, and they've been married for years, but she came in and she was like, this is not okay. She was looking at, like, the guards abusing the prisoners and they were forcing them to wear, like, bags over their heads and she's like, this, you are not caring about these people. You're not, like, the, this oversight is lacking. You are not doing a good job. And she was like, this is immoral. And so she was like, you, you've got to change something. And she was also like, you are the superintendent. Like, what are you doing? And so she, because of her, she is like known to be the one that stopped this entire experiment. Yeah. So Friday, I almost said October, Friday, August 20th, which is day six, um, like, with everyone and their concerns and their, like, him, them questioning Zimbardo, he decided to end the study on day six, and he let them, like, he gathered everyone up, he let them know that it was over, and he, he decided, like, he was gonna pay them the full fee of, like, for the 14 days, which is $210, and if that was in 2022 money, that would be $1,490. So. Not worth it. Yeah. Um, and then Zimbardo was, like, doing debriefing with the prisoners and then the guards and then everyone together. And then, like... So they were, like, sharing what was going on. And then after, they also asked all the participants to, like, mail him a letter of, like, their experience. Um, and then and then they were also invited to return a week later to share their opinions and emotions. And then um, they... It's really interesting because... I read somewhere that um, Zimbardo, he took several years with all this, like, information and this experiment, he took several years to, like, do anything with it. He just sat on the stack of papers and he didn't, like... What did he do with it? It... Nothing. Well, for years he did nothing. He just sort of, like, left it be. He gathered all this information from his, um, what's it called? The participants and then you know after that then he analyzed it and was like going through and like did more research like you know but then what did he do with that research just to show the um i guess the harsh reality of um prison like how prisons are being like how guards are treating prisoners and the um environment that they're subject to and then they're all. But are they all subject to the same exact no. environment that he this, created? He's saying, like, he stands by his um, experiment, but this. He's a crackpot. It's. I don't know. He's it's literally nuts. a crackpot. Can I just say, Philip Zimpardo, allegedly, I'm gonna say allegedly because I don't want it, anyone to come after me. He's a disgusting person. Like, I had one of my teachers, so my AP psych teacher in high school was in love with him and I just thought it was kind of weird 
she would always show us Philip Zimbardo videos in my AP Psych class. Tell me why AP Psych was literally so much harder than psychology in college. Way easier. But anyways, so she was in love with Philip Zimbardo. Then my freshman year of college, I took a psychology class and my teacher had mentioned something about him. And so then afterwards, I just went up to her after class and I was just wanted to make conversation with her and I was like, um, I was like, oh, my AP psych teacher, she was in love with Philip Zimbardo, like absolutely in love with him. And then my teacher told me that she was at a conference with her husband, like a psychology conference that Philip, Z mm -hmm. Philip Zimbardo was, and he introduced himself to her. And so my teacher, my professor, she was holding her, like her husband's hand and at the same time, as my teacher's holding her husband's hand, Philip Zimbardo came up and smacked her on her butt. Literally disgusting. Yeah, he's dis allegedly. I don't want anyone to come after me to sue me. But um, I don't. I don't. I doubt he'd come and sue no, you. No. Yeah, I doubt he'd hear about this. But he's scum. Mm -hmm. We. I literally. This just. I mean, this added on to that. I'm literally not surprised that he would do something like that. He sounds like a terrible person. Yeah. So. I'm, so, I'm a Philip Zimbardo hater. I'll say that. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm just gonna, um, like, super briefly just say a few things about, like, so after this whole experiment, I mean, this immediately got, like, everyone was hating on it. But, As they should. But they also, there were, like, literally days after there were pr things happening in prisons. Like, it was crazy. So, George Jackson, who is an activist, he was an author, activist, and he was also a convicted criminal, and he was serving a sentence for armed rob robbery of a gas station in um, 1961. That, and so, in 1971, um, August 21st, um, he... He ends up, so he tries to, like, it's, like, an attempted escape. They end up, him and a few others, they, like, create, like, this gang in the prison. They take people hostages, and they end up, like, you know, there's, like, a whole fight and, like, shooting. And so he ends up dead, and that causes a whole riot. Because he's an activist, he's an author. Uh -huh. He, people, um, there were people that admired him and like he was famous so um and like they took five hostages and they found him dead in his cell after this whole incident so crazy there was also so that was only days after that was august 21st 1971 and that whole thing ended on i think it was the 19th is that what i said no the 20th so it was literally the next day and then the Attica prison riot, which that was um, started on September 9th of 1971, so just, you know, uh -huh. uh, just a little while later. That was a state prison in Attica, New York. Um, it ended on September 13th, and it had the highest number of fatalities in the history of the United States prison uprisings. It was 43 men who died, 33 inmates, and 10 correctional officers and employees. Um, all but one guard and three inmates were killed by law enforcement gunfire when the state retook control of the prison on the final day of the uprising. That is crazy. So, 
just, I mean, this whole, I mean, I'm not saying that this experiment jumpstarted anything, because I feel like that was the um, death of George Jackson. Yeah, because that happened, like, right after. I don't think anyone no. would really know about the experiment. No, but it just is, like, kind of interesting that that happened and um, so close together, all these, like, different how people are treated in prison. I just don't think this experiment did any good. No, I don't think It didn't either. really show anything that people didn't already know. He ended up, you know, he wrote a few articles. He wrote a book called The Lucifer Effect, which is about that whole um, experiment. And honestly, I don't see any any good that came out no. of it. <laughs> but I have to say, the, the experiment caused a lot of pop culture. Like, there have been several, like, references to it in shows and movies um there was a movie that came out in 2015 um with ezra miller and another nasty person i know he's honestly he he could have his own episode i don't know he's like oh nuts he's scary he's he is a little scary um but there's some other people there's someone in it that he was in princess protection program and he's really tall i love him love him anyway um, uh, but also in Veronica Mars, did you, do you remember the episode? It's called, it's season three, episode two, it's called My Big Fat Greek Rush Week. And I don't remember. So. I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, spoiler, the, I mean, Veronica Mars has been out forever. This show is with, like, Kristen Bell. And. She makes it to college, spoiler alert. Yeah, this is in college, but. While that's happening, um, the characters Logan and Wallace, they're in the same class. It's like sociology or something. And they have a little challenge given by their professor. And it is pretty much this prison experiment, just like the Stanford one. And the winners, like they're split up guards and prisoners just based off of if they're they have even, if it's even number, social security, like, if their social security number ends with a even or odd number, like, that determines which group they're put in. And the winners of either one, um, because they made, made it a game, like, they had to find some bomb or something, um, the winners were exempt from doing, like, their final, um, uh-uh. ten-page paper, and then the losers had to do it. That whole experiment, I don't know. Like we said, it's it's sort of nothing came out of it. Like nothing good came except, out of it. Yeah, it's a trauma. Um, but it's definitely it put into perspective. I went down a rabbit hole of like a bunch of different experiments, and a lot of them there are crazy ones that, like the Albert one, where they yeah. scared the little boy. Yeah, poor little boy. Like, did you say there's one about monkeys? There, there are a bunch about monkeys, and it's so sad. Like, they take their mothers away from them, and then they get depressed and have die. You, have you heard about the, the, I think it was, like, in, um... Or they get them addicted to drugs, and then they'll, like, literally, they'll give them needles, and the monkeys will figure out, and they'll shoot them, like, inject themselves with drugs, because they figured out that they're, like, addicted to it. Have you, like, heard of the experiment where, I think it was, like, in, like, an orphanage, where... The, they had babies, like, who 
they, I mean, they fed them, but they never, like, showed <gasps> yes, them kindness or, yes. like, picked them up. And then they had babies that they picked up. And all the babies who they didn't, like, touch or whatever, they all died. That's and so sad. I'm like, who plays with life like this? Like, oh, my goodness. This is terrible. Yeah. But they have those, like, I've seen it that those, like, the drug, like, addiction. I think I've seen those done with, like, rats and like because the rats will keep like pressing like the the buttons to like get the drugs that's like in their water because they become like addicted to it it's like super interesting but it's really sad it is but that's the story of the stanford prison experiment so yeah thanks for listening thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast follow us on instagram at crimes through the times and look for us on spotify Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts.